Thursday, October 29th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, uh, the World Series is over. Free agency is upon us. The offseason has begun. Uh, we have a list of uh, about 150 free agents who became uh, who, who hit free agency the, the, the moment the World Series ended. Uh, but uh, we want to go back to the end of that World Series and, and talk about the big controversy, the big story in baseball over the last 24 hours, and that's Justin Turner, the Dodgers' third baseman who tested positive and was informed of those positive results uh, in the middle of game six, uh, removed from the game, placed in isolation, but then once the Dodgers won their World Series for the first time in 32 years, he came back out onto the field and celebrated with his team, and now Major League Baseball has launched an investigation into uh, why he was uh, able to and allowed to uh, break protocols and uh, you know expose and put uh, all the people who were on the field at that point at risk. Yeah, it's a, a crazy, crazy ending to uh, you know a, a good series and really a great, a great postseason, Joe. I mean, they pulled it off without a hitch. Um, Major League Baseball and all those teams, they you know they sacrificed, they lived in the bubble for all that time, and uh, for over what sixty games, at least sixty postseason games, and uh, <laughs> at the very end, at the you know at the uh, pinnacle of the season, uh, you know the coronavirus kind of comes up and bites them again. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I don't know what they expected. What, what were they going to do? Put them in shackles, you know, stick them in a room, handcuff them or handcuff them to the wall and say, you know, I mean, if, but, but if he's not going to stop, what are you going to, are you going to tackle the guy? I, I don't know if, if the guy just puts himself, you know, his, uh, his desire to be with his teammates and, and to uh, celebrate he puts himself above not only, uh, you know, the, uh, the, his teammates, but, you know, their wives or kids were out there. Uh, you know, the rest of uh, the Dodgers front office was there. Um, and there's, there's pictures of him hugging and high-fiving and, and celebrating without a mask on in, in that whole po post-game ceremony there. Uh, there's, there are countless people that he exposed, including the commissioner who was down on the field. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, it was a bad look just the bad, bad optics for Major League Baseball, who had done such, you know, had really done such a great job after, you know, the outbreaks early in the season with the Marlins and St. Louis, you know, they really shut down Major League Baseball and the Players Association. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do to Turner and the Dodgers. I don't know what, you know, and, and, a whole, and you know, it looked like what both teams uh, had to test the morning after, right? Right, uh, and the, the people to, and everyone, in order to be released from yeah. the bubble, uh, the the teams and the players all had to test, and the only people that were held back were Turner and his wife, and and they're they were actually cleared to to travel as well. So, uh, that it, yeah, the the I believe the Rays were were cleared first, but then the Dodgers, the remaining travel party for the Dodgers, were were able to return to L.A. And you, you know you got to figure. That secondary is the whole idea of, you know, a parade and celebration and all that. First thing first is, is get people home, you know, healthy yeah. without having contracted the virus. And, uh, you know, I wondered, is Turner a free agent? I thought I he saw is. that. That's yeah. the other thing is that, you know, that sort of complicates it is that he, I can understand after being, he was with the Dodgers from 2014 all the way through the, this year, uh, 
So he's been there and he's, he's been to the world series three times with this club and, and you know, to finally get over the hump and, and win that I can understand the, the desire and the, the motivation to, to want to be out there celebrating it. You've worked so hard for that long and been denied so many times, but Again, you, you have to take into consideration the fact of, you know, why why you were in this situation in the first place. It was, it was the exposure, you know, potential. And I, I just – I don't think anybody can reasonably condone what he did. Uh, his teammates even, you know, to, to be participating in any sort of celebration with him, why wouldn't they have all just looked at him and said, dude, you need to turn around and go back into the clubhouse, you know, go back into isolation. We can't have this. We'll, we'll, we'll Photoshop you into the celebration photos. Come on. Yeah, it doesn't need right. to be this way. Yeah. Uh, I just don't get that. And, and it brings up a point because, you know, as, as Indians fans and those who follow the team this year, obviously, uh, you know, we know all too well what it's a, a situation where uh, an athlete puts himself above his teammates in that regard in the, the Mike Clevenger situation. Uh, for those not familiar, I, I don't know why you'd be, be listening to this podcast, but but uh, Clevenger uh, early in the season, along with Zach Plesak, broke protocol in Chicago, went out for a night and got caught coming back to the team hotel. Um, Plesak got caught, Clevenger didn't, and so Clevenger took the uh, the team flight home uh, after the following game and didn't tell anybody about it. And when it was brought up and it was you know pointed out that he was on that flight and exposed just as much as, as Plesak was, uh, the Indians reacted swiftly. They, they sent him down to the alternate site. They put him on the, the restricted list until he had cleared, uh, you know, a, a, a cycle of testing. Uh, and, and eventually it, it, it can't be denied that it was probably one of the factors that led to his trade at the, at the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, and um, you know, the, the, I'm still curious why he didn't speak out when, when, when Plesak, got caught. I mean, he's a veteran guy, veteran on the team. Um, you, you know, and and he didn't know if he had been exposed or not. You know, there, 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 it was no. He's not a doctor, and he, you know, was in the team meetings before the Sunday night game against the White Sox. He was in the dugout. He was in the bullpen. Wherever he was, he didn't pitch. But you know, then he flies home on with, with his teammates, and and then he gets you know pinched uh, Monday morning. It just you know, the whole thing, you know, just when you look back on it, it, it just makes you shake your head and you wonder what is going through these guys' heads. And that was, you know, but but that was before, you know, they got serious on this thing. Well, and it was, really before, they were, it it was before they were in a bubble. This was, there, yeah. there's no bubble. I mean, somehow Turner got infected while he was within Major League Baseball's bubble. And, and that, you know, it raises another question is how did Turner get infected in the first place? Uh, Major League Baseball had gone 54 days or, or something crazy like that without any positive tests. You know, once the, once the bubble system was employed uh, for the playoffs and it, it, it had been a sort of like a, a badge of honor for Major League Baseball to have gotten that far uh, into the playoffs and to that point, to the, to the very end, and not having any positive tests. And then one guy randomly gets, gets it out of nowhere and it's the starting third baseman in the, in the final game. Uh, Kind of strange there. Uh, we asked our um, subtext subscribers to, to weigh in sort of on this, uh, this controversy. Uh, the idea of, you know, Turner got caught and he, he didn't make any uh, 
and not necessarily turning Turner tested positive, and then he ignored the the COVID protocols. Uh, Clevenger, you know, didn't test positive, but he he sort of did the same thing. A little more deception in that regard. Uh, who was worse in what they did? Was it worse for uh, Clevenger to to lie to his teammates, or was it worse for Turner to just say, you know, I don't even care and, and just go ahead? So, uh, you know, we posed that question to our subtext subscribers. Uh, you can you can subscribe to subtext here on cleveland.com and uh, and follow along. It's uh, it's a great time to do so with the the hot stove season uh, about to kick off. Hoinsey and myself will text you three to four times a day uh, with the inside scoop and analysis on the Indians and what we're hearing. We'll give you uh, sort of a, an inside look before things happen, before things go public. We'll text you breaking news first, and then you can also text us directly and give us your answers or your uh, thoughts and feelings on what's going on with free agency in the off season. Uh, you can sign up for a free 14 day trial. It's $3.99 a month. Uh, you can join by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or text Hoinsey and myself at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. All right, enough of my commercial for subtext. Uh, let's, let's get into the, uh, the answers and the questions here. Uh, who, do you, who do our subtexters think uh, was, was sort of, uh, you know, more guilty in regards to their uh, coronavirus violations, Clevenger or Justin Turner? Uh, I think I think I, I know which way this is going to go. Uh, here's a couple of responses I'll read right off the bat. Uh, this one from from the two one six area code. Turner was way worse. He was actually COVID positive and blatantly disobeying clear and important isolation rules. Uh, this one from the four zero seven area code. Clevenger lied, but the Dodgers team should be penalized for allowing it. Uh, Nine two five area code. Clevenger, he tried to hide it. Turner didn't. Uh, 216 area code. Turner deserves more criticism because he had tested positive. And here's one before we throw it back to Hoinsey. Uh, 216 area code. Seemed to me that Clevenger's punishment was much more for the lying and the deceit than for going out that night. Turner's actions were equally selfish. I can hear the, my God, man, they just won the series and they shouldn't be, they should be allowed to celebrate calls, yet he did it irresponsibly, so cavalier about COVID-19 precautions. It's the Dodgers' fault after all. The reality is he'll probably just get fined and told not to do it again. So uh, so there you go, a, a, a bit of a split there, but the overwhelming uh, responses that we've gotten so far on this question from our subtexters is, uh, you know, Clevenger's uh, sort of violation was was more about the lying and therefore makes it a little worse. Yeah, and I think that's why, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to hear the reaction of the Dodgers, his teammates, what they said, because it was pretty clear how the Indians teammates felt, you know, judging from what Adam Plutko had said, uh, you know, that these guys need to be held accountable, him and uh, Clevenger and Plesek, you know, there, there was some really, uh, some hard feelings in that club. Yeah, there, there were some raw nerves uh, that he, that he touched. Yeah. Because, you know, what, they had the meeting in Detroit, the Indians. And I think uh, if, if it had gone well, those guys would have been activated. But it didn't go well. And then, you know, two seconds later, they're driving back to Cleveland, the two of them, and then headed to uh, Lake County for, uh, you know, a couple of weeks. So, yeah, you know, the, I, 
know, so there was some raw feelings here. I, I wonder what the Dodgers are saying because you saw Turner in the dugout after the game, you know, he's shaking hands with his teammates. They're eating pizza in the, in the dugout and he's shaking hands with them. He's going out for the team picture, taking his mask off. He's kissing his wife, you know, they're taking pictures. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't Here's know. the it's thing that you, all, but, it, but just, just to play devil's advocate and, and not saying that I agree in any way with what he did, but there are photos of Turner in the dugout during that whole game, you know, and while he was positive in the dugout, interacting with his teammates and not wearing a mask. So, you know, possibly the, the reasoning was, well, I've, I've already exposed them this much. I can't expose them, you know, further, I guess, but it's different when you're hugging and, and celebrating and high-fiving like that. Uh, like you said, I, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. yeah there's, if you're, if he's, if you're arguing his side of it, maybe he says, well, I've already exposed them this much. Yeah. But I, you know, in the end, I think if he had to do this over again, if he got a mulligan, he probably would have stayed in the isolation room. And, you know, I mean, one way or the other, you're a world series champ. Okay. You don't get to run out in the field and, you know, high five everybody and do post game interviews. Uh, but you're still a world series champ. You still get a ring. And if, if you come back to the Dodgers, next year I mean you know there's nothing they can do to take that away from you but you kind of you know really kind of put a damper on the celebration for your team and your organization all right let's uh run through a couple more of these responses and then we'll we'll move on uh 917 area code Turner's behavior isn't defensible but before MLB jumps down his throat needs to answer why its testing protocols fail to identify a positive test until late in the end of the game. Uh, two and six area code. Let's see, Clev lied, but didn't knowingly expose anyone. Turner didn't lie, but he knowingly exposed the entire team and others at the ceremony. Both are total idiots. Sorry, but I can't decide between a bad one and a worse one. Both are idiots in my book. Uh, two and six area code. Turner, because he celebrated, then he may have infected the entire team probably went to their families after the celebration. Now families not in the bubble need to be careful, not just teammates sequestered in a hotel. And finally, from the 973 area code, Turner for sure, knowing he was positive, his behavior put others at risk. He should receive a lengthy suspension, including possibly having to sit out next season. Wow. How childish and selfish. Well, I mean, this is a guy, like we said, who's uh, a free agent now. Um, so that's, yeah. that maybe factors into <clears throat> where he goes and what, how, where he ends up, uh, you know, maybe he's, he stays with the Dodgers, but you know, they've, they've got issues uh, in free agency of their own. You know, they, they might be wanting to add or, or subtract as well. So who knows? All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's a great point. I didn't think about that. If, what about the team, you know, the team that maybe gets him signs in if he's looking at a month's suspension or something like that, when, you know what? What Araldus Chapman had to what, a couple mm -hmm. last year or this mm -hmm. year, he had to you know start of the season serving that suspension, so, or no, two years ago I think. It was two years ago. Was, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think would be an appropriate punishment for Major League Baseball to to hand out here in this in this situation? You think? You, do you go fine? Do you go suspension? Do you go twenty games? Something like that. Wow. Well, you know, I think. You know, I think if the pandemic is still going on, yeah, 
You know, you know, if this yep. thing is still raging, and uh, and and you know, in spring training or or it's the start of the the season, he might be facing like a you know two week and twenty game suspension, and and the, the organization gets fined. If there's uh, if there are no fans in the stands to start the season, or if there are bubbles or protocols or anything like that at the beginning of the season that anything similar to what we've seen this year, I think he definitely has to serve some sort of suspension to send a message to people that you can't, you, you can't just sort of flout the rules and let it fly in the face of, of all these protocols. Uh, yeah. I think Turner definitely deserves some sort of, you know, timeout for, for what he did. Uh, and, you know, who knows? We, we'll, we'll never know if, uh, you know, the, if he's patient zero in an outbreak that results in some, you know, Dodgers grandmother or something like that, getting, getting coronavirus and then, and then possibly dying. That's, that's the potential here. It's not anybody within, within the field there, but it's, uh, you know, friends of friends and family members and, and elderly people who could be exposed and killed. And we'll, we'll never know if that's the case, but. You know, that's a great point, Joe. I didn't even I didn't even connect the dots that way. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, more Indians-related uh, subject matter, I guess. The uh, list of 150 free agents that uh, you know came out uh, yesterday morning. Uh, each team has uh, a few names on it. Uh, let's take a look. We know the Indians' free agents right now are Cesar Hernandez, Sandy Leone. Oliver Perez. Uh, potentially by the end of this week, when they have to pick up those, uh, or decide on picking up those options for Carlos Santana, Brad Hand, and Roberto Perez, those three could join as well. Uh, the Indians don't have a necessarily great history of re-signing uh, free agents like uh, that in, in this situation. Uh, I think over the last several years, uh, they've let all of their free agents walk or let them all go. Uh, so, you know, the chances are pretty good that we're not going to see at least those three names, but possibly all six of those guys uh, gone next year. Uh, so, so really the, the roster is going to change. Let's take a look also at some of the, uh, the other teams in the division. We're talking Detroit, uh, the White Sox, Kansas City, Minnesota, uh, who is is exposed or, or are no longer on the rosters there for those teams? Uh, the White Sox have Alex Colomay, Jared Dyson, and James McCann. Boy, the Indians will be be happy if, if James McCann doesn't sign within the division again. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the Tigers have uh, C.J. Cron, Ivan Nova, Austin Romine, Jonathan Scope, and Jordan Zimmerman. Now, if Detroit wanted to go out and sign Ivan Nova and Jordan Zimmerman to uh, long-term deals, <laughs> the Indians would uh, would probably kick in a few bucks for that. The, they would love to see uh, Ivan Nova and Jordan Zimmerman uh, out on the mound, uh, facing them on a regular basis in a 19-game uh, you know uh, schedule throughout the season. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, Erie Adrianza, Alex Avila, Tyler Clippard, Nelson Cruz, Marwin Gonzalez, Rich Hill, Trevor May, and Jake Odorizzi. So that's the one I really want to talk about, Hoinsey. Because yeah. the, the Minnesota Twins could look vastly different next year if they take the same uh, sort of track as the Indians in, in not re-signing uh, a bunch of their free agents. 
but chances are pretty good that uh, at least a few of those names are going to be back with the Twins next year. Yeah, I would think, uh, you know, I, will, will they really let Cruz walk? I, I, I would I, imagine they've got to bring him back. I, maybe, I don't know what kind of, you know, he's 40, he's over 40. So, you know, I don't, you would try to get him on a short-term deal. But, you know, he's lifted that club. He changed the dynamic of that club over the last two or three years. I know the, the Indians have done a great job against him, Joe. I mean, they did a great job against their, their pitching staff. But he, I mean, what, he's, he's over 40 and he's still hitting like, you know, 30, 40 home runs a year during a, you know, a regular season. You know, Odorizzi, you know, they, they didn't get much out of Odorizzi this year. He was hurt a lot, but, he, you know, they gave him the qualifying offer. He accepted it. And then he, you know, blisters, he stepped, he kept getting hurt. Um, but, uh, you know, so those are two guys that, that are, you know, that, that I, I would think, I don't know about Odorizzi, but I, obviously they'd have to keep Cruz. Yeah, Odorizzi, I, I would think could probably, you know, is probably in that top tier of uh, st- at least the top half of starting pitchers, free agent starting pitchers out there, uh, you know, obviously led by Trevor Bauer. We'll get into Trevor Bauer in a minute. But uh, as far as, as uh, that group of free agents from Minnesota, uh, again, we, we know the value of a, of a Tyler Clippard. The Indians saw firsthand what Tyler Clippard can offer. I just don't know how much longer, like you said, with, with Cruz. I mean, Clippard's got to be up there 37, 38 years old. Uh, if he can keep performing the way he has the last two years, great. But yeah, he, he, was sort of that, he was sort of that Swiss Army knife uh, reliever that the Indians sort of love to have. He's kind of like uh, the Indians' version of Oliver Perez, lefty or righty, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, Perez, I think, two years ago, might have been the only free agent they signed. The Indians were brought back. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Tyler Clippert is, you know, solid guy, solid guy out of the pen. Erie Adrianza is another one. Uh, one of those guys that, you know, just sort of popped up and he was – like annoying, like a little, like, like one of those yeah. fl- flies you can't get rid of. And he, he would always just seem to come through with a, a big hit or a big play. Uh, but yeah, if, if the twins don't resign their, their eight um, free agents that could make their roster look completely different and true too, they also have, uh, you know, a, a couple of young outfielders coming up and a couple of guys in their, their farm system who are, are going to push for, for spots on the roster as well. So. And Trevor May's pretty. He's just he's a solid bullpen guy too. He throws hard, you know, kind of a change of you know. He really, you know, he he's he's developed into a, you know a, a a reliable reliever. So basically, what we're saying is, all these guys that we've just mentioned, we would like to uh, the Indians would like to see uh, sign with other ball clubs uh, outside the division, so that they don't have to face them uh, in the upcoming seasons. But uh, you know, who knows how how free agency is going to work and. Uh, I, I just wanted to get your take uh, on, on one of our favorite players uh, in terms of he, he came out, uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor Bauer came out yesterday with a post showing him uh, growing up from, you know, ages 7 to 12 wearing, you know, different Little League jerseys with the Major League Baseball uh, teams on them from the Tigers to the Yankees to the A's. Uh, there's a picture of him in a Barry Zito jersey uh, and, and just uh, – Bowers sort of post asked, he asked the fans, asked his followers, you know, which, which team should I sign with? Who's, whose Jersey do I look best in? You know, I've worn so many of them over the years and I just wanted to get your take, uh, you know, where you think Trevor Bauer could end up and uh, 
what, do, what did you think of him saying that he would be willing to sign with any team, either in Major League Baseball or in the NPB, the, uh, the Japanese Baseball uh, League? Uh, so he's, he's keeping all of his options open. Uh, could you imagine Trevor Bauer pitching in, in the Japanese League next year? Yeah. What's the Japanese team? The uh, Ham Fighters? He, oh, I think yeah. he should sign with them. Yeah. The Fukuhama <laughs> Hand Fight. I probably screwed that name up. But yeah, they're the Tokyo Giants. Uh, you know, Trevor, Trevor would, you know, that's his goal to uh, be an ambassador of baseball, right? So he could uh, spread the word, the, the Bauer gospel on pitching. Well, and that's, that's sort of one of his, like you said, I, I, I've seen him uh, on social media talking to Japanese pitchers about their, you know, and there's a whole different philosophy over there that maybe he goes and, and spends like his, uh, his uh, year abroad and, and learns the, the Japanese philosophy of pitching and comes back and is even more dangerous than he was this past year. But I can't see the, uh, the presumptive National League Cy Young winner uh, than signing a one-year deal in Japan. Uh, my, my question is, you know, there was a whole big, uh, thing about uh, Bauer having an agreement with his friends when he was here in Cleveland that he said once he became a free agent, he would only sign one-year <clears throat> contracts. And that the, the penalty for him signing anything more than a one-year deal was that his friend was going to be able to shoot him in the groin, I guess, with a paintball gun. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to, if that's going to hold up or if we're going to see Trevor Bauer, uh, sign somewhere on a multi-year deal. And if we do see that is the first question from a reporter in that, in that interview going to be, you know, when are you getting shot in the groin with a paintball gun? <laughs> oh man. Well, I, I mean, he better hope his friend has a bad aim if that's, if that's the case. So, um, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I, you know, I like the fact that, uh, you know, when Trevor was here, you know, he never, he said he was, he would never sign a one, you know, a multi-year deal. He was going to, you know, revolutionize the game by signing just one-year deals and move, you know, pitch for thir all 30 teams or whatever his goal was. And now that he's, you know, coming off a great season, uh, you know, could be the Cy Young winner. Now he's, he's a free agent. He's talking multi-year deals. So, it's interesting. That's interesting. I think maybe perhaps, you know, a light went on and said, maybe this is the way to go here. Here we are two, uh, you know, season and a half after trading away Trevor Bauer and we're still talking about Trevor Bauer. It's, it's exactly what he wants. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He really is. He, you know, he's embraced free agency. He's, he's just like different. He's like, you know, he's some guys, you know, don't want to even want to talk about free agency. They, they, you know, they're, they're nervous. They, they spend the winter, you know, on edge waiting for, waiting for the phone to ring and, and Trevor seems to be enjoying it. So, you know, more, more power to him. Uh, just for, uh, just to, to clarify things, uh, Hoinsey, the team that you were trying to uh, come up with from Japan, the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. Yeah, that's right. Okay. The, ha the Ham Fighter, the, the, the Nippon, they're, they're named after uh, a Japanese ham company. I, I don't know. And they, the, the, their mascot is the Fighters. So, yeah, the Ham Fighters. There you go. Uh, they play in the Sapporo Dome, and uh, that's, that's one of the, the teams in the Japanese Baseball League. 
All right, uh, Japanese baseball, ham fighters, uh, free agents, uh, coronavirus. We've got it all covered. Uh, I, I think we're, we're pretty good here. Um, uh, again, uh, we're, we're waiting. We're sort of in that holding pattern, waiting for Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff to make the announcements on the contract options for uh, three Indians players. Uh, be, be on the lookout. Be following along on subtext. Uh, you'll, you'll find out first as soon as we know anything. Uh, in that regard, and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Hopefully, have some more information on that here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.